Hey, Brandon. Hey, Chris. Finally, a killer React framework from the creators of React Router. Finally. Finally. Finally, Finally another Law & Order spinoff. I couldn't That's... even let you get your hello out before no. I had to talk about another React framework, a killer I React mean, framework. When you got good news, you got good news. Why would you, why would, why wait? I'm why psyched. wait to share the gospel? Let me click this website. And okay, let's go to the website. The docs. All right, oh, let's look. Oh, docs. I love docs. Let's look at him. Okay. Oh, uh, this is, this is just an email signup form. Mm, for a React framework, Chris? That's weird. That, that's, that's really weird. That feels familiar. Have There's we talked something about this, about this. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, like you ever get that sensation where there's like a the flavor of something you haven't tasted since you were a kid, but you still know it. Just like yep. lemon, that, lemon that, sandwich that cookies or something. sense memory that yeah. front-end frameworks like to leave with you. Yeah. I remember this. Is this, <laughs> is this from the before times, Chris? Uh, uh, well, so, there's another one. There's more. Hooray. I wonder if it's also built on Next.js or built at all, for that matter. Let's let's assume let's assume that it is not built because uh, this is it, it, this this is so this is so fun when a programmer is like, oh, I want op- I want to do some open source work, but and I want the notoriety that comes with it, but I want to not do it. So what do I do? Well, I'm going to read Lean Startup. That's the first thing I'm going to do. The first thing about <laughs> writing code is reading Lean Startup. And what does Lean Startup say? It says, don't do anything except for put a web page out there that has people sign up and build your list so that you can now email them in perpetuity about the developments. So I'm a fan of building a list based on affinity or things that people like. Uh, but thirst for a React framework is kind of old news. And it's already been capitalized on. So yeah. I guess, but it hasn't been capitalized on by uh, React thought leadership yet. So yeah, well, these, these are aspiring I mean, thought leaders at this point. I mean, to be fair, React React thought leadership is basically a synonym for capitalizing on React financially at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, far be it from me, a former Ember thought leader who was capitalizing financially on the on the. Uh, I mean, I guess it's all part of the game. It's the game, baby. I can't hate, but also, I I actually can and do. <laughs> there's just there's something about the like get early access like that 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 part of it the like actual product part of it that it just i don't know it just it irks me yeah it's gross because it's like it's the opposite of what these things are it is a promise of something to come that will fix your pain without an invitation to do anything other than uh wait and so what they're doing the whole point of this is to kill off competition the whole point of announcing something prematurely is to stifle other people who might be wanting to solve this. Like, hold on, hold on. The grownups are going to do this. Hey, you know, like you got you guy over there doing your silly thing. That's kind of happening a little more in the open than it was before. You might as well just shut down now. And anybody else thinking of entering this space, if you think you can beat the established thought leadership in this space, I'm, I regret to inform you that whatever desires anyone else may have had to enter here, the bad boys of React are moving in. Do you think that what happened was the creators of React Router saw the tweet from our boy Brandon Blitz.js 
And they were like, holy shit, this guy is getting so much attention for doing literally nothing. What if we just did the same thing but put React Router on it? So, yes, I do. Although, like, really, though, when you think about it, could they have created a landing page of this visual splendor and complexity without having a lot of forethought put into it? It's got a well class in it with two columns of bullet points and a logo that was built in, with a, an outer glow in Photoshop. It also has a list of uh, very, like, bog standard framework features that you would pr- pretty much expect in any framework. Uh, it uh, also appears <laughs> it appears to be dynamically rendered because I see uh, two webpack bundles <laughs> in script tags at the bottom of this this uh, static landing page. You know when all you've got is a a complex pneumatic drill. Everything looks like whatever you use a complex pneumatic drill for. <laughs> well, you know what? More power to him. And you know what? These dark times, everyone's got to make a buck. Yeah, I, honestly, like I'm cynical about how cynical this appears to me, but also like people, you know, people gotta eat and people gotta build and people gotta react and whatever. Yeah. I look forward to the discount code that everyone gets for the inevitable training courses around this framework because they signed up for this mailing list. Because mark my words, they will be selling you training sessions for this framework. So the the antithesis of this, maybe I'll link to this, uh, the antithesis of this in every conceivable way is this thing that is in the Ruby community called Stimulus Reflex, and it's built on uh, some newer features in in the rails community i'm gonna i'll i'll link you to it isn't that the thing that like they actually like the rails team actually made nope they built a thing called action cable the reason i know that it wasn't the rails team is because this is a friend of mine and former boss uh my first boss when i was a developer and he like clearly didn't want to be a boss he just wanted to write code and so he kind of let me do all the management and he (laughs) wrote code uh super wonderful human being guy named nate hopkins and he wrote a thing called Stimulus uh, Reflex, which is the idea of doing dynamic content using statically rendered pages with uh, some minimal JavaScript involved. Uh, it's obviously geared more toward Ruby stuff, but it's really fun. He's been, you know, like he always looked at me as somebody that he's like, hey, you're sort of popular on the Internet. Help me get, you know, help me get these ideas out there. And I'm like, I don't know how to get ideas out anywhere. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know how to do any of that. But. This looks, you know, this looks neat. And it's actually starting to get a lot of traction in the Ruby community, which is really neat to see, like in the Rails community, yeah. that people are um, oh. starting to see this as, uh, but it's the antithesis. It is the alternative to single page applications for people that like their Rails monolith. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it was done in the open. It was built and used in production multiple times before he extra- it did too much extraction. Uh, and there's no flashy. So when you go to like, look it up, it's like, when you Google it, it's like, uh, here's my page. It's a documentation page and it's nice documentation. So it's like documentation driven, not hype driven. It's actual real software. It solves a problem pragmatically. Uh, it, it rides zero hype and it, you know, I, th- I was like, oh, this is going to fail. There's no way, you know, how do you, how do you garner community support without the PT Barnum style, uh, showmanship of, that, that you have charismatic leaders like DHH that brought to Rails and uh, Tom from Ember and maybe Ryan for this thing. Um, so and this guy's just been quietly building a thing in, 
It's like here it is. Although I will say, I I remember what I was what I was thinking of earlier. It's not that it's built by the Rails team; it's by Basecamp. So it is like it does have like because that's how I heard about it. Was I literally heard DHH talk about Stimulus on a podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing it. So like that's they, true. They have like you know that that helps. It helps to have DHH and his company building the thing. Mm-hmm. But it was like, oh, we extracted this from our work, just like we did with Rails. And also here it is. Use it if you want the end. Yeah, I, I and I think this builds on top of that. So, but it's it's uh, it's neat to see it's neat to see it getting traction. I think it's you're right. There is uh, it's sort of its wagon is hitched to the success of Basecamp, which I think is fine. Yeah, like they 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 are taking the JavaScript framework that they wrote that probably a million React frameworks also exist that you know have been written internally, and they just extracted it and open sourced it. That would be a really good way to launch a React framework too. Although it is hilarious if you go from uh, Stimulus Reflex, which is the the whole package deal of building app web apps, the underlying piece of technology is is uh, called stimulus and it is a modest javascript framework for the html you already have it is literally called a modest javascript framework yeah, all it yeah. needs is a proposal shout out anyway shout out to our episode that was titled yeah. that <laughs> anyway that's javascript frameworks yeah baby yeah they're, they're still there they're still there i mean i don't i can't motivate myself to care about like <laughs> Someone does for sure. Yeah, you, you got it. Somebody, you know, you got to build stuff sometimes. Well, you know what? Shout out to React in general. I guess yeah. still it's still chugging along. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to share something with you. I, I sent you a couple links to things that I am finding personally very amusing right now. They are quite good. So one of them is this President Joe Biden so called account Biden for Prez. B-I-D-E-N, number four, P-R-E-S. And boy, howdy, is that uh, a lot of fun to <laughs> follow. Uh, I want to just read a couple of tweets. Like, like the thing is, you can't not read it in his voice, mentally or verbally. So like, listen, Bert, we could play rhetorical ping pong with who's sponsored what by what company, who has how many million dollars, this, that, and the other thing. Or we can take turns scolding the current president, which sounds more like of a hoot, which sounds like more of a hoot to you. Democratic socialism. Look, people, I am left as hell. Left as all hell. Practically Sinead O'Connor over here. But our system, this system, sure it has flaws. I'd say about 60% okay. That's almost a passing grade. We can't just go around killing these students is my meaning. Yeah. So there it's this is interesting because like there's two there's there's two Joe Bidens. There's like the old man caricature Joe Biden that this definitely pokes fun at. Very, very effectively, and which I enjoy. Uh, and then there's also the like the actual Joe Biden that is the de facto like candidate to run against Trump, and also currently I, I think has some pretty heavy accusations leveled against him. If I read that right, and, and that Joe Biden's a lot less fun. It yeah, seems pretty bad. It's, Shout it's out bad to out Joe there. Biden who for yeah. voting against a bill that made it illegal for prescription drug companies to charge exorbitant amounts for vaccines in the time where we need a vaccine. Yeah. Could have, uh, could have used your help on that one. Yeah. Cool. <sighs> cool. Joe, yeah. Joe, 
yeah, it's it's more fun to uh, it's more fun to play paper dolls with the caricature of the man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably more fun to be that caricature to just be a crotchety old man who calls people Jack for no reason. Yeah, <sighs> um, that's what I like. When I am old, there's going to be some version of me that is absolutely just like taking full advantage of the fact that I'm old and can just say whatever I want. Although I won't, I won't yell about pancakes, which I noticed one of the tweets here definitely talks about pancakes being bad and that's not cool. Pancakes are awesome. Pancakes are amazing. Uh, so at the beginning of the, the coronavirus pandemic thing, he, the so-called tweet, there's no reason to panic. There is not. Look, here's brass tacks. We don't know what coronavirus does. Not really. Maybe it'll give us powers, cool powers. Maybe it'll, be, maybe it'll be a rough ride for a tidy week. Might be worse. Been Googling it. Getting mixed information so far. <laughs> <laughs> you read those very well. I, I can't not read it in his, in his like sort of like, uh, I don't know, like almost transatlantic accent from the 40s. Almost. Mm-hmm. Just sort mm-hmm. of like a old man stump speech. Like, yep. Yeah. Boy, we, we, we could have done a lot better, but here we are. Let's talk about something funnier. Yeah, coping, coping strategies for, uh, for the current situation notwithstanding. Tell, tell me what else. Tell, tell me about... I'm just going to read about the accidental horse punching in Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> uh, okay, this is, this is a direct plug for another podcast that if, if people aren't listening, they really probably should. It's one of my very favorites. And this was the, an amazing confluence of things. So Jason Manzukis, who is he's a he runs a podcast. He's on a podcast called How Did This Get Made, which is how I found out about him a few years back. And after a while, I was like, OK, I think I'm starting to tire of the tone of the show, which is kind of like just ripping these movies apart for being as ludicrous as they are. And then I started uh-huh. listening to a similar one that has a different tone and it was more fun uh, talking about bad movies more as a platform for improv comedy, uh, which mm-hmm. is um, uh, the flop house, which is a lot of fun and a, like a 10 year old podcast with tons of back episodes. So how did this get made was kind of fun. Uh, but, and, and, but this, you know, far and away the, Jason Manzuka stole the show and I was like, who the hell is this person? And then you start seeing him popping up uh, f- a few years back in bit roles here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Rafi on the league. That's how I first saw him. So I've never seen the league, but yeah, he's, he was on that. And then now he's like, you know, he's getting to be like a mid tier B B celebrity, uh, where he's, uh, Derek from the, the good place, uh-huh. uh, which is an amazing character. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, and uh he's I forget the name, the just the completely insane person uh from uh Brooklyn Nine Nine, who's like the oh, insane yeah. undercover cop who just yeah. got in too deep. Yeah, and he was now just like completely shell shocked. Mm-hmm. Um he plays a lot of characters like that that are pretty deeply unhinged. Uh um, he was you know, kind the first of is season. deeply unhinged from what I gather from uh how did this get made? He that's that's part of the persona. So you need to listen to this binge mode with him on it because he's actually an incredibly tender and sweet person. One of the like super deep, thoughtful, empathetic, nerdy, like not what you would expect at all from the way like he presents like a kind of a unhinged uh, jock on the edge of his own sanity. And in practice, he's actually like an introspective, thoughtful. uh, I don't know how to explain it. Just a really like deep 
person who thinks deeply about things and uh, cares a lot about nerdy stuff and actually hates sports, can't stand it. So it's really interesting to see how he actually, and so he's a huge nerd for the binge mode podcast. And so he goes on it and he goes on where first and foremost, it takes them like 90 minutes to do their setup. And so apparently you miss the first 90 minutes where they're just dealing with technical issues. And then he goes on their podcast for three more hours to where they had to split (laughs) it into two 90 minute episodes. That's awesome. I mean, he loves fucking delightful. Yes. He's been on, yeah, he's been on several of those and he's been on the watch, which is another ringer podcast several times. Um, He's also very good on on uh, the watch. Like he's he's similarly like thoughtful and insightful, but funny. Um, he was also on Reply All on an episode of Reply All, which really? is very funny. Yeah, Reply All has this segment called Yes Yes No, where Alex Bloomberg, the founder of Gimlet slash former okay, so you've described that segment before, but I didn't know Jason Manzukis was on it. Yeah, so he's on one, and he he brings the tweet. He okay. he's like shows up and then competes. It it starts this like feud between Alex Bloomberg and Jason Mansukas for who's better at yes, yes, no. And period. Like I think Jason Mansukas shows up a couple more times and like when Alex Bloomberg isn't there and he just like dunks on Bloomberg on reply all. And then like later on, like Bloomberg will show up and he'll just dunk on Mansukas and then periodically they'll show up together. It's it's a cute bit that they do. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I love him so much. And so hearing one of my favorite comedic actors on um, one of my very favorite podcasts, and then they get into games and they're like, what games are you playing? And he's like, oh, I'm only playing one game right now. And that's Red Dead Redemption 2. And I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, more of this. Just and, and so it's a really fun episode. You should listen to that. It's three hours of people just intensely talking about and, and riffing comedically on things that they love and, and, and the, the media that they're really enjoying. So yeah, he he gets into Red Dead Redemption 2. And very much like me, he wants to be a good guy. He wants to do the good thing. He wants to make the good choices. But you can just walk up to your horse and you're like, I'm going to pat my horse. And instead, you just punch the horse right in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Bond with this, asshole. So... Uh, accidental horse punching is a real, is a real problem. Accidental murder is a real problem where you're like, you know, I'm trying to hit the emergency brake on my horse, like pull the reins. And instead uh-huh. I pull my gun out and shoot the person in front of me and yeah. start like a war. Last week it was, you accidentally punched someone else while trying to get on your horse, right? Yes. I was trying to actually exit the barber shop and oh. there was a person on the other side of the door and I clocked him right in the face and okay. or I started choking them. And I was like, I didn't want to choke him a person you know like yeah yeah uh so i did finish the game by the way oh i've heard i've heard things about the end of that game namely that there are two endings yeah there's, there's like you know, the, the real ending and then there's the one before it that's like psych yeah so and and there's multiple so there's multiple endings and multiple ways for it to end with high honor or low honor and it is unfathomable to me that a person would uh, like it would it's basically impossible to choose the low honor route like like you have to be a real genuine it's like a rorschach test you have to be a genuine bastard of a person to go through what you go through in this game and be like yep still going to do bad stuff and i do not want to spoil this but it is it is it's a piece of media that's perspective shifting i i went from 
I went from like, oh, this is a fun, my fun horsey game to uh, it's a Grand Theft Auto clone in the Old West to, oh my God, I'm, I have so much to think about and reflect on. If you ever get a chance to play this game, I could do a billion style deep dive on the events of this game and the way that they walk you through this character's uh, perspective and, and, in, and conveys things in a way that only an interactive media like a game can convey where you spend this much time with this person given choices, but given limited choices, which itself is a commentary on the nature of choice versus determinism. And it is, it's fucking deep and it was affecting. And I was like, I was just like wrecked. Like there's this one scene in the game where you like ride your horse and the only thing you do is tap X. And I was, and it plays this beautiful song behind it. If you're on the high honor route and you know, quotes from, people that you've actually dealt with throughout. So either way, whether you've been good or bad, it plays quotes from the people that you've interacted with. And so if you've chosen and, and the quotes are kinder, the kinder you have been as it plays this song on your ride to, uh, back to like your camp place, uh, towards the end of the game. And the, uh, if you go look at the YouTube video for this, like the comments on are hilarious where it was like, (laughs) You know, they, the, of course you can, o- you only have to tap the X button here because they know you're going to be crying while you do it. Uh, <laughs> so, so is this, is this like the ending ending? Is this like now nope. at the end of your experience, we're going to, this is wire like, style, like summarize everything. This is what feels like the right before the ending. And then it's right before the n- not ending. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then there's this, you know, it's not a spoiler to say there's like a, epilogue that comprises 20% of the game or 15% Mm -hmm. of the game. And I was, so I finished the epilogue this, this last week, my kids are like so sick of me playing the horsey game, but it was so beautiful and so wonderful that once you get past the first ending to the next one, it's kind of anticlimactic because you're like, I was really attached to the story, this first story. And then the epilogue story is like a little bit anticlimactic. Uh, And then some friends were like, Oh, you like red dead. Let's jump on red dead online. And I watched some videos of Red Dead Online and I'm like, what the fuck? Because, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Here, so I just played this like perspective shifting piece of media that uh-huh. I'm still processing lessons from. And then I want to get into like a circus of of uh, of like random robbings and shootings with a bunch of <laughs> online rando clowns. Like this, these aren't in any way related. It's just it's, there's a different game using the same game engine. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, it's kind of like like last week I was talking about how it always makes me think of Westworld, and this is like you just did what Westworld would want to be, and then at the very end you hopped into Red Dead Online and experienced what Red what Westworld would actually be like. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just like complete nonsense and random violence uh, to no end. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right for Red Dead Online. Yeah, it was, there's an event in the game that occurs that, um, like not to get too deep into the mechanics of the game, but the honor, honor system is like you help people and you gain Mm -hmm. honor and you hurt people randomly and you lose honor. If you rob people, you lose honor. If you loot a corpse that you find on the road, that's not very honorable. So, and, but one of the things that, that gains you honor is greeting people with, you know, in, in towns in a friendly manner. Well, hi there, you know, partner, whatever. Like, so you, like, I just walk around like square, square, square. Hey there, mister. How are you? Hey, partner. (laughs) 
So I'm like the friendliest cowboy in the world. Some yokel riding into town and just greeting everybody. And uh, they're all a little bit like, oh, oh, hi. Uh, sure. And there's a there was a comment on the same YouTube videos talking about how it's impossible after certain events in the game occur to to continue to choose. Even if you were on the dishonorable path, you, you're like, all right, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and like so uh the person is like before these events i was you know a total bastard and afterwards i was like hey there mister so <laughs> i wonder what the waiting it like how that's weighted because i mean like oh very very lightly you can tell over the game because i've done it hundreds and hundreds of times and okay. like incre- okay you know tiny increments versus saving somebody's life in a major event yeah. uh or there are story events that you get major story choices that are really big, significant. And and by the end, my honor was like completely pegged to maximum. I was like, I'm, I, there's not one single choice I would want to make in this game selfishly from here on out. It doesn't, it wouldn't make any sense to. It is kind of interesting that if you think about like, what are, what are the things you could casually do to increase your honor in a game? And it's like, Oh, let's add um, like a little system where you can greet people. To, and that'll like give people increases. It's just like a, like very passively give people increases and they're they're high honor. And then like, oh well, what could we do to have people casually decrease their honor? And it's like, oh, you could just casually shoot the entire town. We don't have to add a system <laughs> for that at all. It's just built right in. It's so easy to be evil. There's antagonized too in this. So there's the inverse. Oh. So circle is antagonized. So you're like, get out of my way. You know, like you can you can be an asshole. I like that. I like that they thought about that and added that in yeah i just i you know i probably said something about my personality that even in a video game i can't be that person i don't think i antagonized one person one time like why would you do that i mean there is this kind of like there's this weird proposition in front of you where if if one of the things about red dead is that it's this like living world and everyone remembers you Mm -hmm. and remember which is true yes that's true there's like the strong disincentive to being bad because that system could just manifest itself and it is now miserable to play the game because you can't get anything done because everywhere you go people are just trying to shoot you and like i wonder like i think it's also a lot of people prefer to play the nice guy but there is this other part of it that's like it turns out that you know in this big open world game where you need to like buy stuff and talk to quest givers and all this other stuff. It's a lot easier to do that if the whole town isn't trying to shoot you while you're trying to like buy some like horse saddles or something. Not only that, there's actually a discount system for high honor people. Oh, I mean, come on, right? It's like oh, they're like oh, for you, oh, you're you know you're a preferred customer, and everything's like twenty five percent cheaper or more. Dang, it's uh, and so it. I didn't play the low honor version. I don't know what the incentives are, but I really like that as a piece of commentary. Yeah. Like the meta commentary in, in, in saying choosing the, like the, the game will, will teach you the pointlessness of villainy in a game where you're an outlaw and in these sort of, um, in the vein of a grand theft auto where it's a, a crime fantasy where you're like, Oh, now mm-hmm. you're the person climbing the ladder to be the mob boss and picking off your rivals one by one. And you're like, Oh, that's kind of a fun conceit. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, it's like watching a mafia show, but I'm playing it. And then this is like, I'm telling you, it's fucking pointless. All the acquisition of wealth, all of the power, all of it is pointless versus yeah. the impact you have on the world and your time here. And that's the theme of the game and you play through it. And yeah, anyway, I'm going to rebuy the fucking thing 
for a new gaming platform once I have a new gaming platform and try oh, and play it again in some way. I see what you did there. You see what I did there, right? I, I was just getting ready to ask you, what are you going to do? What's your video gaming solution going to be now that you're done with the horsey game? Yeah. Oh, I think you know. Talk, so, talk to me, buddy. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing left for me. There's nothing left for me there, Chris. Dude. I've played, I've played all the good games on console. They're all gone now. It's time, much like the characters of Red Dead, it is time to go west and explore new frontiers. Yeah, or attempt to go west and then wander around in the wilderness, which is the actual plot of the game. Also good. Yeah, also fine. Maybe you wind up in a in an island community off Cuba. You don't you don't know what's going to happen. Could be great. So, yeah, my guy, can we talk? Do you have a minute? You have about I do. 30 I have a minutes? couple minutes to spare for you. Okay. Always. All right. It's it's happening. It's happening, Chris. PC party? The thing, the thing that wasn't going to happen is happening. Oh, my God. So, you know, I, I want to have like one piece of meta life stuff in before this because or maybe like just I want to I want to at least reference it. And if we don't get into it, that's fine. Because um, I just want to talk about the toys with you. But mm-hmm. toys aren't life and toys and life intersect at, at times. And the acquisition of this toy for me was very difficult. And it was very difficult for a very complicated set of reasons that mm-hmm. um, you and I talked about a little bit offline. But it's worth noting that if you are not a person who like lives alone, you have somebody in your life that you're negotiating with. And um, so I had actually saved up money over the course of the last few months to to, uh, to pay for about three-fourths of a gaming rig and so i only needed a few hundred more dollars to like put together this gaming rig and i thought that would have been the tension in between me and my spouse about why a gaming rig would be or wouldn't be an idea and so i thought as soon as so i will surprise her and say surprise i have all the money saved up i'm gonna buy this thing that i want and that didn't go the way i expected (laughs) and i was very taken aback because i thought the problem would be entirely financial uh-huh. But it turns out, uh, it, so so I'll I'll I want to compress this conversation as much as I can. But I really appreciate your advice that you gave me out uh, over text, which was like, "Hey, are, you may not be thinking about this from from her perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't may just not just be about the money. This could be about you know something else, physical space or something." And it turns out, wait, you get to acquire a new hobby, and that potentially would take time away from the things that you're doing to help the family out right now. When I need extra help. And so it was like, oh, well, we get to talk about this now. Like, is there a hobby that you would like to be able to spend time on? Is there a way we can balance these uh, these things out? And so we got to have this really rational conversation about something that at its core is pretty emotional. Like for me, yeah. I haven't built a PC for personal use, a ga- like a kind of a gaming PC since like 1996. So oh I'm God. very excited about this. This has been a long time coming can you believe that it's been 24 years i we talked about this before and i did i did not grasp just how long it had been it doesn't feel like that long ago and honestly things in some ways haven't changed that much so i got a diamond voodoo i think it was like a voodoo card a 3dfx voodoo card with like four megabytes of ram or something in it (laughs) But it was like, you know, early days of 3D acceleration and probably like a like a 1.5 or 2 gigabyte hard drive or something like that. Um, 
if that. So it's it's been a it's been a minute, and so I'm so excited about this for so many different reasons, Chris. I'm so excited. I can't. I can barely contain myself to be able to like do this and share it with my son, who's old enough to grasp this, but who has never experienced the idea of a computer except for this like monolithic thing that you can't see inside or do anything with. That to say, no, no, no. This is a this is a hobby. This is a thing you can tinker with. This this a computer is made of component parts that do jobs. And you get this like mental frame of reference when people talk about things like memory or CPU constraints or IO or overheating. Yeah. Like all these things that when you, you know, your computer is an iPhone, like yeah. you don't think about because it's all it's a system true. on a chip. And so he has no frame of reference for thinking about how a computer actually works. And now he's going to get to work with me to actually construct one out of its component parts, which is amazing. I'm so excited about that. That's going to be awesome. So I am super excited for you. I want to hear more about your computer. Okay. So I will, I don't know where I put it. Here it is. Wait. So, so I showed you, you this. Do you know about Steam? I had Steam for Mac when it first came out and I okay. downloaded like two games on it. I got like Portal on it. Yeah. Yeah. And Half-Life 2. I think I got the orange box, basically, for Steam. Yeah. When it, and then I think I when Steam launched, like, that was part of it. Is everyone Because I also have Half-Life 2 and Portal. I think yeah. I got them for free with Steam. So I haven't opened the... Uh, no, I actually had... Uh, the, when, when Boot Camp first came out for Mac OS in, like, mm-hmm. 2006, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe a little bit later, where you could finally boot Windows on an Intel Mac. I, I got Steam for it. And I would boot my computer into Windows so I could do Steam games. And it was a laptop, so it wasn't that great at them. Yeah. And then I never touched it again in the interim. So it's been about 15 years since I've used Steam. Dude, I feel like what's about to happen is, you know how, like, the, the, the technical definition, I think, of, of like, the dark web is <laughs> the, part of, the whole part of the internet that is an index by Google is, like, technically mm. just what it is. Which is why it's like harder to reach. Um, It also turns out Google only indexes like 10% of the internet, which is wild. Like, yeah, like turns out the internet is huge. Um, I feel like that's basically what you're about to step into. (laughs) It's like you're going from like the slice of games that are available on console to all of those games plus all of the shit that's come out in the last 15 years that was PC only that you've never heard of or encountered. There's entire genres of game you probably have not played. I'm sure. Like, able to. like the idea of a MOBA does not um, appeal to me at all. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but the the possibility of ever playing it didn't exist. True. True. There's also um, like the card game type stuff. Like Hearthstone. People love Hearthstone. I don't think Hearthstone's on console, but people go nuts for that shit. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah, so, we're yeah. going to have to touch base more on the, like, as you explore games and you're like, yeah. holy shit, like, I just found this thing. Yeah, my friend is like, oh, what what games are you are you putting this together for? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to turn it on and then install Steam and then see what I can do with this thing. I can't. Yeah, I can't wait to find out. All right. So tell me about your computer. Tell me about your okay. Um, I'll post a, I'll pu- I'll put together the parts list uh, like you have. Actually, you, I saw your parts list. It's in. um it's in our show notes. I'll put together my parts list. This PC part picker thing that you turned me on to is outstanding. It's a it's little so unintuitive good. at first. 
it's got some UX issues where you're like, oh, I did it in on this machine and I thought it had saved it to my profile, but instead it was just like local storage. So I can't mm -hmm. share it with you now, but I'll go fix that later and post it. But it's they have every part that's conceivable, not yeah. just every part that's conceivable, an up to date list of parts that interact with each other and prices of where they can currently be bought, whether they're currently in stock with their exact current price. This is this is somebody solving a really hard problem here. Yeah, there is a combination of API calls and web scraping. Like what is happening here is really impressive um, that somebody can jump in and do substitutions of parts when things go out of stock and uh, substitute stores and all that stuff. It's amazing. The part I especially don't get is like I can imagine how you could like manage an inventory and price scraping. I don't understand how they know how all the parts interact with each other. Like, well, cause it'll tell you like, Oh, I, I want this motherboard. I, I want this processor. And it'll be like, cool. These motherboards work with your processor. And then it's like, Oh, well I also want this type of hard drive. Now tell me which motherboard works with this type of hard drive and this processor and how much well, power do I need and all that kind of stuff. It's like, Oh my God, all of that's coded into this app. Like how are they getting all that data into the database in the first place? I think they're crowdsourcing it. Because there's a little button on there that said, like, hey, your power supply may not actually this actually I didn't notice that when I was putting this together and bought all the parts like late mm -hmm. at night one night. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't realize this like because the 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 part that they'd recommended is sold out everywhere. I went and got a substitute and I was like, oh, cool. This will save me like, I don't know, like $100 or $70 or whatever. And the, but the part they're like, look, this will likely work, but it might not. And there are, is this one thing with this power supply and this motherboard, just know that. And, and there's a button on there that says report if this is inaccurate. So I think they're crowdsourcing this stuff saying, Hey, you know, there's like a report, uh, incompatibility type thing. Or, um, so I think that users are dumping that information in there, which is great. It's so good. It's such a good website. Uh, but the, my favorite thing about it is they give you this like modest, you know, beginner, intermediate, advanced, super configuration like of PCs to start with. And then as a skeleton, you can kind of play around with it from there and say, well, I'd like to actually have like on mine, I started with the, the cheaper one, but I'm like, it's not that much more money to switch from the 2.5 inch SSD to the M2 one that yeah. looks like the, you were talking about the RAM stick. Yeah, uh, that just pops in and is like PCI Express, so you get much faster throughput on this thing. So I was like, "Well, that's not much more expensive. Let me just switch that out, and let me, you know, switch this thing, and that's not available." So I like built my own rig that I'm reasonably confident is going to all work together. That's really cool. That did not yeah. exist. Like, did I tell you like what I used to do when I was yeah, building my like PC? Your old work? job. You um, had to yeah, build like, your first computer at work. That's that too. But even before that, when I was building my first gaming rig, I was hopping around to stores around Salt Lake City and I would have to go from storefront to storefront. And these were like, you know, Bob's PC part, you know, like in a shopping center, in a hole in the wall thing that, you know, they're cheap ass rent and just like those like metal racks that are used for food storage, they're just full of OEM parts in their static bags. Like these are these all this stuff. Like I'm sure it is gray market. It's not like it fell off a truck. It's but it's like overflow parts from PC manufacturers and stuff. No boxes, no manuals. Just like good luck. And I'm, that was all I could afford to do. So my entire you know late teens were cruising through these parts bins at these places looking for good deals on uh, uh, Pentium two motherboards or whatever. So that. 
uh, experience of trying to see what's compatible with each other, the experience of using the wrong power supply and catching it on fire. Um, the, you know, like those are, those are real things you could be afraid of. And so it's really nice to have somebody saying you can plug this into that and, and it is not a fire hazard. That's yeah. nice to know. It definitely, that was the thing that absolutely stopped me in my tracks from like fully building a computer for my whole life. Like I, I had, up until the, this point, I had swapped parts out on computers. You know, like, oh, I'll, I'll upgrade the hard drive or replace the video card or upgrade the power supply. But I never, like, started from scratch. Uh, I had never dealt with a motherboard ever. And the biggest reason for that was, like, I don't, I don't, A, I don't know all of the parts that I need. You know, I know the big ones, but there's, like, other, you know, maybe smaller parts that I don't realize I need. And I, I don't have any idea how to tell if they all work together. Um, and this, this website basically solved both of those problems for me instantly. And once you, once you're over that part, like it's, it's not hard to put a computer together. It's just, I mean, it's just like a lot of clicking things and other things and watching YouTube videos. If you get confused, like if you're like, man, my particular motherboard has like a weird port on it. Where's this thing I'm looking for? And you can Google it and there it is. It's like super easy now. It's cool. It's cool to build a computer. One thing that's really interesting to me today is, so we'll see, I'll I'll have more information once I actually boot this thing up, but like the way that BIOSes work, like BIOS used to mean the literal minimal amount that you could bootstrap a machine with. Mm -hmm. And it seems like they have UIs now, and oh, yeah. they're fancy. Does that stand for like basic input output system? Yeah. Yeah. So it is like this is literally the minimum. It's yeah. It's like boot is short for bootstrap. This is the literal minimum amount of of information and configuration that you could create to like pull your a system up from zero power to ready to boot ready to boot an operating system. And uh, yeah, now they they fancy. Yeah, and now they have UIs and they have like it's it's weird when you can boot into the BIOS and your like Bluetooth keyboard works. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, yeah. Like how do you know about this? I didn't. I didn't realize we got into the Bluetooth portion of the uh, of the program yet, but apparently we have. That means that your your yeah your BIOS has an operating system. It's probably running Linux. Like this is wild. Like I, this world is so weird to me. Uh, the and the other thing about th- like where they're like, oh yeah, and you can overclock these. And I was like, okay, but would I? I probably wouldn't want to. I don't really care to overclock my processor. Like I'm sure it comes from the factory for a reason. But if you want to, the way to do that is that you'd like turn a dial in a UI now, which yep. is fucking wild. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah. I would like to, so, like, that's reminiscent, I guess, of the turbo button. Like, uh-huh. I would like to put, I would like to push the turbo button to overclock my processor. I've seen people talk about overclocking their monitors. Yep. Yep. My monitor like, can do that. I have no idea what it means. <laughs> I, don't know I haven't, either. I haven't even tried. Like I, I, it has like a thing every time I like look in the menus, it's like, oh, overclock, like enable, disable. And I'm just like, I don't think I need that. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Um, you have enough, you have enough like Hertz, like you have enough refresh rate. It's good. I don't want to install any more heat sinks on my monitor. Yeah. It's, it's wild too, that you can, in your BIOS, uh, like I had to, I mean, I had to go to my BIOS for like getting the computer up and running 
but I also had to go in to tell it to enable something that I can't remember the name of so that I could use the full speed of my RAM sticks because like by default, it kind of just assumes all the RAM you give it is like 26, 67 megahertz. And the one I have is like 3,200. Um, and you have to like boot into the BIOS and tell it like, Hey, use this other, other like RAM profile and just like really just like give my RAM the business, just do it. And then you like reboot and then your computer's like, Oh yeah, you do have like crazy fast RAM. Good job. But it really is just like hop into this UI, click a button, press like go, and then you're done. So you sent me a picture of the inside of your computer and I really need you to tell me about your RAM immediately. Tell me what is going on with your RAM. Cause like I, I, I stopped you from telling me too much about it. Cause I was like, no, no, no. Tell me more later. What the hell is happening with this RAM, Chris? I don't know. Okay. So the RAM in my computer is like, it's, it's gigantic. Uh, it's, it's wrapped in like a plastic case. Like it's not just like an open RAM stick. Like you've probably seen. It has like a case around it. And, and most importantly, it has a giant RGB strip down the case, like the length of the case. That, that RGB is like multi, multicolored. Like it has a full spectrum. And it, it, just, it just changes colors. I have no idea what governs the RGB strip on my RAM stick. I don't, I don't even know why there is one. Um, the reason I ended up with, with that was because this was like one part that I don't think I ordered online. Because I think I was I was going to use the RAM for my old computer. And then when I installed it uh, and booted up the PC, I kept having, like, whatever the RAM equivalent of seg faults are. Like, it would periodically just, like, hard, hard crash. Um, and I, like, ran this, you know, like, four-hour-long RAM test where I, like, checked every sector on the, on the chip. And it finally was like, yeah, your RAM's, your RAM's busted. You got you got problems, uh, so I must have, I must have done something when I was moving them. So I was like, well, I don't want to wait. I want to wait for a delivery. I'll start. I already have like other RAM sticks in mind that I was planning to upgrade to. This happened to be one of them, except that Best Buy only had the RGB version, and I was like, well, I already have a a glass panel in the side of my case. And my case already has lighting built in because it just came that way. And my processor already has RGB lights on the damn CPU fan because, of course, it does. So, like, it's not like it's going to hurt. It's not going to it's not going to hurt anything. And I can go buy this today, like right now. So I did. And I got back and I was I was still shocked at the fact that, like, the RAM is like the size of, like, a mini Nestle Crunch bar. Like, it is just this beefy rectangle, but you know, it works. It works real good. It plays video games real good. Also, man, you know, PCs, like we've been on Macs for a long time. Macs have, Macs have good, good things about them. Uh, many good things. Um, particularly like there's a lot you can complain about in their laptops, but like windows laptops are still not great. But boy, let me tell you, having just like a, a normal size desktop PC is it really highlights how like far astray, like how far beyond the pale uh, Apple has gotten in certain regards, because like my PC 
does not it costs less than my laptop by six seven hundred dollars and it just laughs at every single piece of work you give it it's just like none of this is hard all of this is so easy i could do three times this i don't even care what you're asking me to do this is trivial and i'm like okay i mean it's this this seems pretty advanced and it's like no this is fine i'm at like 30 percent utilization i have no problems and it's like I don't even have maxed out parts of anything. Like I have, I have like good parts, but I don't, I don't have like the fastest of anything, but it doesn't matter because it turns out you can just get pretty good parts and put them in a pretty good case. And you end up with a thing that can do almost everything you can ask of it. That's, that's pretty nice. Like I have, I have like two profiles for the fans on my, on my case. There's like silent and performance. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to put them on performance. So it's like, you know, it'll, they, they will, it basically ups the ceiling on how fast it'll spin the fans, which makes more noise. But, you know, it's like, oh, but if you really need to cool off the inside of your case so that you can get the most performance, like this is worth it. And I was like, well, I'll just try silent. You know, I'll see how that goes. And I have never changed it from, from silent. Like I can sit there and, and play games on ultra settings at like and they look amazing and you know the computer's definitely doing stuff and that those those fans are just spinning leisurely just they're fine it's all fine um <laughs> meanwhile like i get on my mac and get on a zoom call and there's just like drama from like five seconds in where it's just like holy crap how do we even do this uh and it immediately like goes nuts and sounds like a jet engine's gonna take off so it's nice. I'm I'm excited for you to also experience like the the multifaceted world of of having a gaming PC. It's very nice. I bet it could run Zoom calls without <sighs> melting the cores of my CPU. <laughs> it would just it would kill it. I mean, it would be. I should I should try like I should figure out how to like record the podcast on my my PC. I bet you it would also. Like the video would be crystal clear and I mean, everything would just, I don't know, it would be great. The thing that I had a really hard time with in building this gaming PC, because like you can build an extremely competent modern gaming PC for $1,300, $1,400, which I did. A competent gaming monitor <laughs> is is $600. Yeah. Is like, yeah. you're like, wait, what? Yep. If you want... If you want the stuff that you're used to in a monitor with IPS, uh, but is capable of doing games, basically capable of doing games, period, then you are going to be spending five to six hundred dollars on a monitor minimum, and it goes up from there. That is was and 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 it's 1440p monitor resolution, not even 4K, which so it's just so wild to me. Considering like I am I'm working day to day on a 4K monitor I bought three years ago for three hundred dollars, and it's fine. It does everything I need it to. So I think that was the thing that was most galling to me. It's like, wow, a, you know, like a third of the cost of my gaming setup was this monitor. So, but I went for it. I like you said something about it where it was like, it's worth it. Like you keep yeah. like you, when you switch back and forth between monitors. Yeah. So I, I have, I have like two separate setups. Like I have like my laptop work monitor, like all of this podcast setup is all one thing and then like to the left of it is 
my gaming PC and a separate keyboard mouse monitor setup. So I can just like literally like turn to the left and, and switch between monitors. And my monitor, they're both 27 inch. The work one is 4K. The PC one is is like I guess 2K is what people keep calling it. It's 1440, but the the first number is like bigger. It's 2560 instead of 1920. I don't know what that means. Like I don't know what the significance of it is, but it looks nice. And switching back and forth between the two of them, like you can tell, you you can you can see like okay yeah 4K looks nice. Every you know edges of everything are nice and crisp and whatever. You can't you can't see a pixel. But it turns out that you can't really see a pixel on a 1440p monitor. But the thing that makes it a gaming monitor, or I guess like one of the things, probably the most important thing, is the refresh rate. Um, is my gaming monitor updates its image like 144 times a second. And my work monitor does it maybe 60. If you're lucky, yeah. Yeah, if I'm lucky with and I, I'm with some ghosting, right, and tra- and trails and stuff. You you just get used to looking at the sort of smeary thing that happens when you drag your yep. image, your mouse cursor around. Yep. Yeah. So that is the thing that you immediately start to see is everything on your nice 4K monitor suddenly just looks like choppy and like anytime you move anything or just move your mouse across the 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 screen. And it's just this like trailly blurry mess uh, versus your gaming monitor where everything is just like perfectly smooth motion. You know, it just tracks everything. And that's like, that's why it turns out that's why it's like really nice in games because in games, things are moving across the screen a lot, often quickly. Um, and so it helps to be able to like track them easily. I, it was like the thing I was like completely happy to splurge on after playing on like a regular Dell 1440p monitor that I had for five years. Um, and I finally upgraded in like, oh my God. Like it's it's hard to even describe, but like gaming on the one and then switching and having the high refresh rate. It's kind of like when you go to like Best Buy and you look at the 4K TVs and it, and it has that soap opera look. And it's like, the soap opera look is bad. But there is this, there's like this alien notion to like how smooth all the motion is. So going to a gaming PC is like getting that weird kind of alien feeling, but in a good way. Because like it doesn't look it doesn't look fake. It just looks really good. And your brain is like, oh, this is pleasing. Um, like I'm not I'm not doing the work of like interpolating in between all of these like flashing images because there's just so much information here that I can just kind of like take it all in and relax. That's cool. Um, I'm excited for you. Hmm. Well, these parts will be streaming in over the course of the next week. I've got my motherboard today already, even though I only started placing orders yesterday. So other things, you know, like there's a delay on shipping stuff right now. But it's something to do. And it's like, hey, I know how to do this. And this is a little bit of like control over my environment. That feels good. Uh, like there's, there's just something I can do here was able to negotiate with my wife on a, on stuff that she wants and hobbies that like that she would like to pursue given time which is great and that's been uh like like so like a lot of times things that come up and appear to be marital tension are things that you're you're like have this like emotional thing where you're like on two yeah. 
you, you have this like two charged things happening in different areas that you're actually not talking about what's really happening. Uh -huh. So like when I was able to say, I kind of need this, I've been saving up for it. Like it's not a financial decision at this point, like, but I actually need this right now. But I also understand where you're coming from. Once I understand the problem, like you don't want to lose the help that, that I offered and you don't want me to like get lost in this new hobby. That's like totally legit, but yeah. give me a couple weeks to do that though. Like give me a yeah. week or two to sort of like build this thing, tweak it, configure it, but that uh, not at the expense of like kids stuff. It'll just be like, this is what I do in e in the evenings for a little while until I get this dialed in. So I'm really excited to have something to do and focus on and play with. So, yeah. That'd and I cool. could play escape from Tarkov now. That's a thing I couldn't yep. do before that I can now. True. We'll yeah. see. We'll Having see if I like it. Was the only blocker to you play in that game. It'll be smooth sailing from now yep. on. Yep. I love things that are very difficult and time consuming <laughs> to learn. It's my yeah. favorite. Um, uh, I'm super excited about it though. I am too, man. I, I don't know. I'll start trying to think of like games you should check out, I guess, or, or you, you know what? You should just go to the steam website. And then, like, log in. Make sure you, you have a login. I and definitely then, and just do. Just start browsing. Yeah, you can add games to your wish list. You can watch movie like, or game trailers. Welcome to Steam. I'm certainly going to have to reset my password. Uh, so. Well, that'll we'll be, see. That'll be easy enough. But, yeah, man, I mean, you know, there's, you can go in and check out all sorts of things and, you know, start building the hype, man. I'm very excited about this. I forgot about Steam. Wow, we were unable to find an email address that matched your search. They probably just, what? Dang. No. No. They can't have just deleted my account. Anyway, we'll, we'll see. Well, I'm excited. This is exciting. For you. I look forward yeah. to talking more about this. Well, I yeah, I, I think my hope is this time next week, I will have a, at least a, like, a gather all the parts for assembly and assembled it and be able to talk about what it, what it looks like in, in this world that I live in now. So yeah, it'll be fun. Okay. Well, this is probably, this is probably it. This is a, this is the, we've reached peak nerd everyone. Thank you for, for listening and bearing with us while we talk about the nerdiest of possible pursuits. Uh, but, but it's exciting. I hope, I hope you all find something that you love doing and get the opportunity to do that right now. It was this or, get better at crocheting and i i'm mediocre at best so we'll try this for a while <laughs> there's probably like a crocheting sim that you can find on steam that would be awesome because i have this like star wars crochet set that's just been mocking me over the la like i like i'm i'm a capable hat crocheter sock crocheter not dolls that's too complicated so some someday all right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. If you uh, have anything you would like to suggest or any comments uh, for us, we are on Twitter at CopyPastePod. I'm on Twitter at TevViking. I'm on Twitter at 15LetterMax. Uh, with that, we will see you all next week. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you later, everybody. Bye. Bye, y'all.